opinions expressed on ACV Media are those of the content creators and should not be assumed to reflect product endorsements or the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good evening, good evening, ACB community, family, and friends. This is Pam Shaw and giving you a special welcome to our Harambe community call. Harambe is the Swahili word for let's pull together. And that's what we do when we come on these calls the first and third Monday of each month. And this is a great opportunity to bring together members of the African-American community and our friends to develop, to discuss things of interest to us. And so as we begin tonight, we'd ask that you remain muted, but I assure you there's going to be plenty of time for us to share and and reflect on this evening's topic. But before we go there, today is a rather special day, I think, for all of us. And today marks the date, April 4th, of the assassination of Martin Luther King. So I I hope you don't mind if we just pause for a moment of silence, and then Anthony, who is streaming for us on behalf of ACB Media, Media uh, we do have a song just for us to listen to to open up the evening. So please join me in a moment's, uh, moment of silence. Anthony, if you would, share the special song for the evening, please. And Uh, tell us the name. The song is Wake Up by Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes. And thank you so much for letting me be a part of this. 7.32 p.m. Wake up, everybody, no more sleeping. No more back to thinking, time for thinking ahead. The world has changed so very much from what it used to be. There's so much hatred, war, and poverty. Oh, wake up, all the teachers, time to teach a new way. Maybe then they'll listen to what you have to say. They're the ones who's coming up, and the world is in their hands. When you teach the children to jump the very best they can. The world won't get no better if we just let it be. Doctors make the old people well. They're the ones who suffer and who catch all the hell. But they don't have so very long before their judgment day. So won't you make them happy before they pass away? Wake up all the builders, time to build a new land. I know we could do it. 
Anthony for that wake up everybody Absolutely. and that was um, the voice of Har- Harold Melvin remembering Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes so thank you for that it's a perfect segue into what we're going to be talking about tonight um, in introducing this particular poem it's one that the author I've met the author and actually shared with me and it's called Lord why did you make me black now, the structure of the poem is very interesting because it starts off with the author talking to God about being black. And in the middle of the poem, it says, God answered. So what I'd like to do is read the first half of the poem, and then we're going to talk a little bit about our re- reaction and reflections on it. The other thing that I want to say as we begin, and I've been asked this question all day, so I'm going to answer it. And the question is, is it okay if we bring up, I'll just call it, and you'll know what I'm talking about, the slap heard around the world. It's been my perspective that when we are here, we are here to talk openly and honestly, and I do my best not to restrict the discussion, but I simply ask it as much as you can. Let's sort of stay fixed on the topic and what we're here to do so that we can move forward. So again, I'm just going to read the first half of the poem, and then we'll talk about it. And I'm actually looking forward to what you have to say, because in this day and age where there's a lot of emphasis on identity and who we are and what we want to be called and what we stand for, I think this is one to help us reflect with each other as um, African-Americans and our friends and those of us who are blind and those uh, of us with low vision. So here we go. Lord, why did you make me black? Lord, Lord, why did you make me black? Why did you make me someone the world wants to hold back? Black is the color of dirty clothes, the color of grimy hands and feet. Black is the color of darkness, the color of tired, beaten streets. Why did you give me thick lips, a broad nose, 
and kinky hair. Why did you make me someone who receives the hated stare? Black is the color of a bruised eye when someone gets hurt. Black is the color of darkness. Black is the color of dirt. How come my bone structure structure so thick? My lips and cheeks are high. How come my eyes are brown and not the color of the daylight sky? Why do people think I'm useless? How come I feel so used? Why do some people see my skin and think I should be abused? Lord, I just don't understand what it is about my skin. Why do some people want to hate me and not know the person within? Black is what people are listed when others want to keep them away. Black is the color of shadows cast. Black is the end of the day. Lord, you know my own people mistreat me, and I know this just isn't right. They don't like my hair or the way I look. They say I'm too dark or too light. Lord, don't you think it's time for you to make a change? Why why don't you redo creation and make everyone the same? Now, that's the first half of the poem where the author is speaking to God. I want to stop for a few minutes and get your thoughts on just what was said in that first half. And then we have time to talk, and then we're going to get to that second half that says God answered. So what I'd like to do at this point, I'm going to ask our host, Travis Butler, if he would instruct us on how to raise our hands and all that good stuff, how to get recognized, and then we'll take it from there. Travis, you're on. All right. Can everybody hear me? I can hear you. All right. Uh, to for to raise and lower to, let's see. Okay, for the PC to raise and lower your hand, it is Alt Y. To mute and unmute, it is Alt A. These are toggle switches, so if you're mute and you do the Alt A, you will unmute. If you are on a Mac, it is Option Y to raise and to lower your hand, and it is Command Shift A to mute and unmute. If you're on a smartphone, to raise your hand and if you want to lower your hand, it is in the more button in the bottom right hand corner of the phone. So you double tap on more and then swipe over to raise hand and then your hand will be raised. And to mute and unmute on the smartphone, it is in the bottom left hand corner of the phone. You just double tap that and it'll toggle you to mute and unmute. If you are on a touch tone phone, it is star nine to raise your hand. And, pro- and I think it's the lower hand, your lower hand too. I can be corrected on that one. And Correct. it is uh, mm-hmm. star six. Thank you. And it is star six to mute and unmute. And that's it. Thank you. So do we have any raised hands at this point? Yes. All right. Let's go for it. <laughs> okay. Anthony, you are first. We have two hands right now. Okay. All right, so um, thank you so much for letting me participate. 
three things struck me really powerfully as you were as you were reading this out. Um, first, let me say I am Italian American. I am LGBTQ. I am human, and um, that definitely was it was running through my head as as you were reading it out. But the first thing that that really struck me was I remember when I was a little kid, maybe first or second grade in art class. Hold, I'm sorry, everyone. Puppy, stop. Um, either first or second grade in art class, and the we were told that the absence of all color is black, and the culmination of all colors is white. But when you took your paints and you tried to mix all those colors together, you didn't get white, you got black. And the second thing that, that really stood out to me um, was that last line. And I read a very powerful book when I was young and I've read it probably about 50 or 60 times over the span of my lifetime. And it's called A Wrinkle in Time by Mar Madeline Lingle. And the tagline for that book is, alike and the same do not mean equal. And then the last thing is, as you were reading all of those lines, I was thinking to myself, wow, society really perpetuates all of those annihilations, stereotypes, et cetera, et cetera. So those are my, my impressions on the first part of the poem. Mm -hmm. Anthony, let me ask you a question because you were talking about the very, you know, that last line. Now, was it the part about uh, why don't you, um, let's see, why don't you redo creation and make everyone the same? Was that the part that you were referencing? It is, and if if you ever get a chance to read the A Wrinkle in Time, the movie's great, mm -hmm. but it doesn't really follow the text of the book. If you ever get a chance to read the book, it, it really permeates home the, the the idea that the same isn't equal. And making us all the same, I would be screaming the same thing if that was my lived experience. Absolutely. But I don't think that solves the problem. They, mm. He needs to make us all see the same or acknowledge the same, not be the same. That's just my mm -hmm. personal opinion. That's what I felt as you were reading it. No, that's what we're here for. That's what we're here for. I have one other thing I want to ask you about then. Sure. Because one of the things we get is that, and I get this question a lot. This is a common question for me, particularly from some of my friends in ACB. Well, we're all blind. So would, should we really be looking at some things that are quote unquote separate? That, that only affects certain groups of people. And, and usually this comes in the context of having the um, all, you know, Black Lives Matter, and then, well, so what, all lives matter, so why should we look at these differences? And having listened to what you said, just wanted to hear a bit of your perspective on that. Wow. And um, yes, I put people on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not that. <laughs> So, you know, I, I think there's there's been a lot of healthy conversation um, that we should only be focusing on blindness related issues. But that's that's not the way the world works. When we go into our educational systems, when we go into work, when we go into various community settings, when we go through those doors, 
all the baggage that we have, our backpacks or our heavy pieces of luggage, it all comes with us. We don't stop. For me personally, you know, one of my strongest ident identifiers is LGBTQ. You know, I don't stop being LGBTQ when I go into meetings or a job setting or we take all of that experience with us. So as much as we'd like to say it doesn't affect us because or it doesn't affect us because it's not a blindness related issue specifically, doesn't it? We're all part of mm -hmm. our community. Shouldn't we all want to enfold and make sure that the things that affect subsectors of us are championed and loved through not necessarily always advocated for but loved through by all of us wow that's powerful thank you so very very much thank you travis ne next if we have a hand we have one more right now and that's kenneth okay. ah Good evening, Kenneth. Good evening. So good thanks to have for, you Thanks here. for reading the poem because I read it um, maybe a month or so ago when Regina uh, shared it. Uh, so I needed to, uh, you know, be refreshed about it. Yeah, it was mm -hmm. very, very good all the way through. Really thought-provoking. And, uh, yeah, some of the things in the first part of it that you read, it just reminds me of my younger years. Uh, you know, uh, being uh, born in 1960 in Louisiana, I'll tell you one thing, the first thing that comes to my mind that we were really raised around everybody that really looked, I was sighted for 41 years. So we, we, we went by the way you looked and everybody pretty much judged you by that, you know, and we heard comments that were not so positive, especially when I was in the fifth grade going to a school when I was in most uh, the class I was in was, I was one of the only uh, persons who were black there. But, you know, they never really made me feel uh, unwelcome or anything. But I saw those differences as a young person. I saw there were differences in the way communication was taking place from the teacher to me and uh, in regard to someone else. And so, you know, I, I really was a thinker. Even back then, I really tried to pay attention and, to what was going on around me. And uh, I just really thought about sometimes I felt, you know, sometimes I felt maybe I was being excluded in certain ways, but I never made a deal about it or anything. I just was really just trying to learn. But, you know, I'll say through times in life, through experiences, I've actually had that time to feel where well, this question may have come up in my mind, you know. Uh, mm. But after a while, I just begin to be just be proud and thankful that I'm here and, and how I, I can just be who I am, you know. And you have to learn and grow within that. Uh, to not allow people to determine who you are uh, mm. and just keep trying to find your way yourself and have co good conversations with folks that will open and help you all to both, uh, I would say as a group even, think about things, think things through. And uh, how should I communicate with you? Because you look different from me and I look different from you. Uh, but I've, I've come to know that there's so many things in the midst of the differences, we have so many things in common as well. So, but I did have that question, and, and uh, I love uh, love the conversation. So, I'm hoping you have a question for me. Yeah, now you know I do. <laughs> Don't try it. <laughs> I'm very, very glad that um, in your comments you shared the fact that you um, were cited. I think you said 41 years. Yes. Okay. And one of my challenges has been because I've been blind since birth, 
is not always understanding the visual side of this. Because I think one of the things that the author does here is she really gives us a good picture of what some of the, the visual issues are, but she mixes it in with some of the challenges that we have as African-Americans. So one of the things, for example, and this has come up on our calls before, that in our families, we have people from, you know, dark complexions to, I don't know, we call it medium skin color to very, very light skinned uh, people, but yet they're all African-American. And I wonder, you're having seen those differences. You, you get what I'm saying, experience them. Yes. Uh, did you see anything where people were treated differently because of their actual complexion? Yes, I have some cousins, you know, there are a lot of people in uh, Louisiana who are pretty much mixed. And, and so I have some cousins as a child, we used to go and visit them in South Louisiana. And uh, they looked like they were white. They were so light skinned till they were, uh, they really, I just thought, oh, we have some white cousins, you know. And that's, just, I was just thinking in my head, I never brought it out to my mom or yeah. dad or anything. But uh, I did stare at them. They were so different from, from us. So, mm -hmm. uh, and they were our cousins, you know. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, but yeah, but we were all into that in Louisiana. And, and that's one thing after I accepted my vision loss, I wasn't sad about it because we, we began to judge people by the way they looked to us or appeared. Mm -hmm. So, but at one point when I was taught as a teenager, I'm saying, I'm, when I get married, I want a lady that's really light skinned with green eyes, long hair, and she has to be fine and all those things. So, but, and I thought that we went by your beauty. That's a lot of things. We looked at beauty. If you looked good, you were, you meant more. If you're, you mm -hmm. had this color skin, you appear to be more important or a valued, you know, and I witnessed mm -hmm. that going on around me. So I think I was swept into that kind of thing, uh, kind of thinking that that was going to make me happy if I had a wife that would be, that would look like that, you know, mm. and uh, I, I, you know, and some, but I have also noticed that the darker com uh, complexion you have, pe those people have been treated worse at times than I have because mm. my skin is lighter. Uh, some might call Which it caramel. You know, but yeah, so because of that, and and, and I've witnessed uh, just not long ago in my church, we have two young people. They totally look like they are white. And it's been, they, they, my pastor featured them on a Sunday and talked mm -hmm. about them, the thing about some things they have gone through than when their dad mm -hmm. was black. And, uh, and they talked about how they witnessed their dad being mistreated and everything because of the color of his skin. And they, they started hearing that so much, so they started taking up for their dad, you know. But nobody would ever have known until they told everybody at church that they were not uh, white, you know, uh, but the way they would speak and look. And the lady, the young lady, I used to sing with her myself, and I never mm -hmm. knew that until I heard this not long ago. But, yeah, we, we, we can tend, when you can see, you tend to judge people by the way they're shaped, what they're wearing, what their mm -hmm. eyes look like. And it's sad that we put people in these categories. So mm -hmm. that's one time, one thing I say, since I've lost my sight, I'll tell people, they ask me, do you, are you sad about it? Well, I was in the beginning, but it was mainly because I just didn't want change. And, you know, we are reluctant to accept change in our lives a lot of times. And once I accepted it, though, I started really looking at things so differently. And I realized that I'm glad I'm not able to see this or that so I can judge, yeah. continue to judge just by what I see and not even get to know that person for who they really are. See, and you know what? And I got to make you laugh on this one. So you described yourself as um, caramel, 
okay? Yes. And I describe myself as Blackberry. And you know what? The black of the berry, the sweet of the juice. That's all <laughs> I can say. I've heard that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you. But so I think much. our unique differences are uh, can be appreciated if we really yeah. take time to know one another. Yeah, yeah. And thanks for bringing out that point that even within our community, sometimes people judge based on quote unquote um, skin color. And as you know, historically, um, I read something the other day that said they don't really believe that there are many people in this country who are quote unquote purely African, meaning those of us who have generations who've been there, all of us have been, been inbred with something, whether yes. that's um, Native American or Euro European. And that's why some of us can look so differently now. I have a friend who is African American, but her eyes are green. You, you know, so there's, yes. and some people have blue eyes. I've heard that too. Yes. And they say that comes from. Um, the, you know, the breeding of the slaves and, you know, all that kind of thing. And also people who voluntarily, uh, you know, married or however they did, they had, you know, children. So thanks yeah, so thank much. You. Travis, anybody else? Yes, we actually have three hands now. Whoa. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, we will take Lisa next. Hi, my friend. How are you? Hey, Lisa. What's up? Oh, not much. I kind of joined the call a little late. I was having trouble trying to get into the Zoom, oh. but I kind of wanted to comment on what the Rev just said about um, the colors and and our family members um, mm -hmm. and how we can discriminate against our own people, you mm -hmm. know, because we're, we're really bad at that. You know, I mean, we get it from the outside, but we definitely get it from the inside. Um, I have family members as well that if you walked up to them, you would swear they were Caucasian, mm -hmm. you know, and they act like it too. It's some of them that act like it, where they just distance themselves away from, you know what I'm saying? Because of, you know, like the, the, the I caught some of the um, poem of how she says, you know, how black is, you know, dirty and things like that. A lot of people want to be distanced away from that, unfortunately, you know, even my grandmother, you know, being from the South, being from Columbus, Mississippi, and she mm. would tell people she was from Columbus, Ohio. She didn't want to, you know, be part of the mm -hmm. South. And, you know, so it's a lot of things, I guess, that, you know, fortunately, I did not live because I came along a little later and I didn't really have to experience those type of things. And growing up in New York, you know, I was kind of in a melting pot where everybody mm -hmm. was different, you know, and I could see, you know, I, I, I lost my sight three years ago, three and a half years ago. So I saw a lot. You know, and when I moved here to Michigan, I looked for, you know, the the diversity, you know, and mm -hmm. it 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 was here, but it was like everybody was segregated. You mm -hmm. had the black folks in one area, you had the Asian people in one area, the Arabic people in one area, you know, and it and it was just so sad to me because I was like, where is everybody at? Because when I lived in New York, you know, we lived in built in apartment buildings and you could have any different type of, you know, of diversity on your floor, mm -hmm. you know, and mm -hmm. it was just sad to me that not seeing it and then not being able to see these things that is going on in this world right now, even though, yeah, it was crunchy when I lost my sight. 
I am so mm-hmm. grateful because it's it's mm-hmm. horrible. You don't want to see those things. I like to see people's heart. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So and this way, when you look at people the way that we see people nowadays, you know, mm-hmm. um, you can you can tell people's heart by speaking to them. You can tell, you know, how they are, you know, and then you don't really have to waste your time on judging them because you can feel them. And mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. how I feel about it. Well, you know, Sister Girl, I got to ask you a question, yes, a particular question that she references here and that she's talking about hair mm-hmm. and hair type. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts, please. Uh, I am one of the ones who is considered to have good hair. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> I did, I did have, you know, you have that, what is you and what, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. from your own folks, you know, and mm-hmm. what are you putting in your hair and what do you do and what do you do, you know, but hair is hair. And I found that out because I had breast cancer and mm. God, you know, he he has a way of humbling you and all that thick long hair that I had it was gone Mm -hmm. you know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying so it it came back it didn't come back the way it was but it came back and it it just had a way of me saying you know about the the hair situation just like with Jada you know how she Mm -hmm. feels but you know women feel a certain way your hair is your they say your crown and glory you know so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for me not to have it it kind of threw me for a loop. I'm going to say it, it did sure. throw me. It did, you know, but mm-hmm. I think that, you know, different people hair is beautiful. I, I used to be mad because I couldn't wear an Afro because my mm. hair was, you know, to the point where it wouldn't stand up, you know, like that, you know, so I used ah. to be mad about that. You know, I couldn't do those type of things. You know, when I get mm-hmm. my hair braided, I have to put something on the ends or else it'll unravel and it won't stay, you mm. know, stay braided. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it has its ups and its downs, I would mm-hmm. say. Definitely. I got you. I'm that person <laughs> with different types of hair on one head. Okay. <laughs> some of my hair is coarse. Okay. And some of it's soft. Uh-huh. And some of it's thinner. Like when you talk about the braids, they start falling apart even mm-hmm. as they're being braided. Yeah. Because my hair is so soft. So I'm kind of challenged yep. all the way around. And, and my god some days I just say, Oh well <laughs> Yeah, pull it up in a ponytail. That's my favorite thing. That's it. Pull it in a ponytail. Because my goddaughters, they try to keep me together, you know, since this has happened mm-hmm. to me and they come over and okay, well, we're gonna do this and we're going to do that. I'm like, okay, you know, so they, they, they try different, you know, different things with me, you know, but it is mm-hmm. funny. And God, my, you got that funny, like you say, that funny type hair. I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> so just pull but, it but in. But you know, the thing hair. I am aware of is that when we refer to it as good hair mm-hmm. versus bad hair, mm-hmm. because hair is hair, is hair, you know, and I have yes. friends who walk up and say, I wish my hair was thick like yours, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. thank you. Yeah. Thanks Thank for you, Thank you. Okay. Travis? All right, Cheryl, you're up. Hi, Cheryl. Hello. So, um, oh. I know. <laughs> so this this poem was, um, it just struck me sort of the agony and the, I mean, just that like deep down cry for understanding and loss. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, you know, I've many times been like, uh, in my, in my grammar school, it was my brother, myself, 
and maybe two or three other kids who were black. Um, and one of the exercises that stood out to me was um, they had us do this thing where we and we were like they put a light behind you and you were and somebody else sort of traced your head on um, a paper and they cut it out mm. and this you know just sort of a comment like oh yours is totally different um, and I think the other thing that I I remember is, as I think Kenneth and Lisa have talked about, the fact that, you know, I'm just, I, I'm just like an average black lady. <laughs> I'm not too dark. <laughs> I'm not too light. I'm just sort of, you know, right uh -huh. in the middle. And, and yeah, getting that sense that, you know, like you don't have like no good hair, you, mm -hmm. you know, you're not light enough, you're not dark mm -hmm. enough. So, mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, I don't think I've ever felt like, you know, God, why did you make me black? Mm -hmm. um, I've never, that's, that's never been sort of something that I've, I've, I've queried about. Mm -hmm. um, I, I've always felt okay in my skin <laughs> as a black gotcha. person. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I, I lost my sight when I was um, in high school. And that's the question I ask. Like, mm -hmm. why did you make me blind? I don't I know. ask. So, so that's, that's I my challenge. Well, you know what? It's, it's kind of funny because I have actually, um, I may send that out. I have actually written a poem that's called, Lord, Lord, why did you make me blind? Mm -hmm. And, um, and it wasn't because I was necessarily having a major struggle, but I, I, I like you, had the question. But, Cheryl, here's kind of my question for you. Um, one of the things she does in the poem is she describes, you know, like you said, the agony, what the experience is, and how she felt about it. I'm curious about this relative to your experience as what you just said, because some of the things she talks about, I have felt more as a blind person than a black person. Let me give you an example. So she says, one of the parts she says, you know, why did you make me someone the world wants to hold back? And I felt that feeling, mostly though for me, not saying it wasn't there or I've never felt it as a black person, but it seemed to me the blindness was the one that, that stood out, you know, for me and talking about, you know, kind of that feeling of maybe being useless because of the, the mold that someone's putting me in what are your thoughts on something like that yeah so it's it's the same for me um because as i said you know uh, i i mean my family you know this thing about being black i mean it was never an issue <laughs> it mm -hmm, is mm -hmm. you know it is it is who you are and um you know you know that my we're initially from uh south america and guyana mm -hmm. And, you know, I saw black people as uh, army folks, as mm. prime ministers and presidents. And ah. like, I never, I never questioned our ability to be anything we wanted to be. Okay. Um, but once I became blind, that's when things changed for me mm. in the mm. sense that, you know, 
suddenly people, they just look at you and they knew you were stupid or they looked gotcha. at you and they knew that you couldn't do this and you couldn't do that. And even when, you know, I was looking for work, um, you know, it was the same thing. It's like you walk in and, and, the, and I suppose my other real experience is I always felt that people like they know about the, uh, about affirmative action, so they wouldn't discriminate on the on the race, right? Mm. And they couldn't do gender, but my gosh, they could do disability, <laughs> and they mm-hmm. could certainly do <laughs> In <a> heartbeat. <laughs> yeah, and they, you know, they never so they they never thought about being cruel and sensitive or like we're going to exclude you from something because you're blind. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So anyway, mm-hmm. so that's that's my answer to your question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that one verse that I was looking at, because this is how I sort of rephrase a little bit, but it said, Lord, I just don't understand what it is about my eyes. Why do some people want to hate me and not see the person within? You you know, sometimes that feeling that just seeing that you're blind, some people don't seem to be able to get beyond that, no matter what you've done and who you are or how you're even introduced to them, they don't seem to be able to get beyond that. So thank you for sharing your reflection. Appreciate it. Thanks. Travis, anybody else? Yes. Anthony, you are up. Hey, I want to go back to what you were asking Kenneth about, about the, you know, Mm -hmm. different shades of of the community. And I'm going to share a dirty little secret. Most folks who might be listening know that I worked in in journalism for a little a little over 25 years. And we often at the Associated Press teamed up with CNN and the MSNBC and, and other outlets when some of our stories were going, quote unquote, viral. And there was one a producer, a segment producer, whatever you want to call it, um, who had very definite ideas. And the reason that I'm saying this is because media and entertainment, they know what's going on. They understand and they tap into. We'd be trying to produce segments and, and I'd hear things like, oh no, he's way too ghetto for this, or she's trying to pass, or, um, and one that like threw me for a loop, but I have a very good friend who also taught me about kitchen. Um, I, I never, I'll never forget, I, I heard the the phrase, um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, I heard the phrase, oh, well, you know, she's a little too quote unquote ethnic she looks a little bit Mm -hmm. more like she's on the continent or something to that effect Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. so i'm saying all this because all of this plays into what media puts out there but more importantly that segment producer was african-american it interesting Mm -hmm. so so it goes to show you if one could say it this way that the bias can go both ways absolutely And, and i I think that's something that uh, we need to talk about. And I will also tell you this, because I have an ACB story like that. When ACB first began um, to do a lot of the production uh, in terms of uh, commercials and things like that, you know, public service announcements. So guess what happened? I got turned down to do one of the parts because they said I didn't sound black enough. Okay, so they wouldn't let me do it. <laughs> oh, so that must mean you're trying to pass. <laughs> oh, 
or as people would say, so you're trying to sound right. No, that was just the way I was raised, came up with a home with a mother who was a reading teacher and parents who, who insisted that we speak as they used to call it the King's English. So again, I didn't get that part in ACP. So now I could have tried something, but I said, no, that's not me. So thank you for reminding us of the kind of considerations that are taken um, in every area of life. Yeah. And, okay. and Gabriel's poking me. The other word was crispy. I'm sorry. I should have said it when I was crispy. speaking. Crispy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> you know, you can go to different parts of the country, too, and find that the language is somewhat different in terms of what you're describing. Thanks, Anthony. Travis, anybody else? I'm looking. We have two hands right now. Okay. Let's and go. They are both repeats. Lisa, you are up once again. Over here laughing at you, Anthony. Hi, I'm over here laughing at um, what he said about the the way that they um, speak in code and whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. we were saying that they should have different people named Jamal's in these little think tanks so that they can know better. But apparently they don't. So, um, <laughs> um, <laughs> Lisa, that just that's really the threw, thing, though. Yes. They do know and they market okay. on it. Mm -hmm. And it's so crazy. That is crazy. Mm -hmm. um, it just really threw me off for what I was going to say when he said that. I was like, wow, <laughs> it's people in there, you know, and they say that all the time, yeah. you know. Well, these type mm -hmm. of things wouldn't be said if they had a Jamal and a you know, in there and a, a Shaquita or something like that in there, you know. Maybe, I mean, maybe so, not. Maybe, right, right, right. It depends on, on how you speak, right? That's sure. what I wanted to say. Yeah, my mother was the same way. When we came to her with a word or something that we didn't understand, look it up in a dictionary. That's what we bought these encyclopedias for. You know what I'm saying? We had those things at our fingertips so we were not allowed to say we can't and we didn't know and we couldn't you know mm -hmm. so we did come across as differently and by my last name honestly my maiden last name is Webster so you okay. know I got to use that <laughs> Okay. Oh, dictionary. Yes. yes. Okay. Oh, that's why yeah. she knows everything. You know, she that, mm -hmm. that that you know. But it was that was what was went on in my house. You know, we had yeah. to learn. You know, because I think my grandmother felt like we had to be better. You know what I'm saying? You know, at that time because of yeah. you know the color of our skin. You know, so it was yeah. unacceptable for you to walk around and just be ratchet. You couldn't do that. Mm -hmm. you know? I understand. So, Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thanks. Travis, I think we said we had um, one more hand, and then I want to do the second half of the poem. All right. It's Cheryl. Go ahead, Cheryl. Okay. Yeah. So I just wanted to say two things. One mm -hmm. is, as you said, I've had people say, oh, well, you, 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 know, you don't sound black, so you can't be black. <laughs> and I'm like, this is how black people sound. Right. Oh, I like I that. Am, I am black. So therefore, this is how I sound. This is how black people I know sound. So, mm -hmm. don't, you know, I mean, it, it doesn't change their mind, but at least I, I, state, I state my position. It, exactly. Um, and, and then the other thing is, um, you know, what Anthony said is it's so disturbing because I think black professionals like anybody else 
you know, people get into spaces and they decide that they are going to do whatever it is they need to do to progress, right? That's so instead of fighting the system, they go along with the system and even mm -hmm. like say that it's okay when, you know, that person could be in their group or their friends saying like, oh, it's so horrible and blah, blah, blah. Not, not acknowledging that by playing the game, they're perpetuating the prejudice and the discrimination that, that is there. So That's right. Just something you remember when about. the big deal was when people began to wear braids, even into the workplace, remember, and they wanted to pass rags and rules. And in one state that I know of, even laws that had to do with that. But that being there were some people who chose to take their braids out and others who said, no matter what, this is my culture. This is my style. And this is I'm gonna, who I'm going to be. So thank you, Cheryl. Thank you so much. So well, what just, I want to. Can I just ahead, say one quick thing? Please. Um, the House just passed, thanks to Ayanna Presley, yay, and some other yes. people, you know, the Crown Act. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. That's right. That, and, <laughs> so that they even had to do it, but that's where, you know, oh, that's yes. how high it got. <laughs> I said, oh, we have to have a Supreme Court decision. Thank you so much. Sure. Thank you. Well, what I'm going to do now is read the second half of the poem. As you recall, the first half was the the lament, if you will, this this prayer, if you want to call it that, to God asking, Lord, why did you make me black? And then the second half says, God answered, why did I make you black? Why did I make you black? Get off your knees and look around. Tell me, what do you see? I didn't make you in the image of darkness. I made you in the likeness of me. I made you the color of coal from which... Mm, some which, from which beautiful diamonds are formed. Braille display is jumping around. Anyway, I made you the color of oil, the black gold that keeps people warm. I made you from the rich, dark earth that can grow the food you need. Your color's the same as the panthers, known for her his or her, beauty and speed. Your color's the same as the black stallion. A majestic animal is he. I didn't make you in the image of darkness. I made you in the likeness of me. All the colors of a heavenly rainbow can be found throughout every nation. And when all these colors were blended well. You became my greatest creation. Your hair is the texture of lamb's wool. Such a humble little creature is he. I am the shepherd who watches them, and I am the one who will watch over thee. You are the color of midnight sky. I put the stars... Mm, Yes, I put the star's glitter in your eyes. There's a smile hidden behind your pain. That's the reason your cheeks are high. You are the color of dark cloth formed when I sent my strongest weather. I made your lips full so when you kiss the one 
you love, they will remember. Your stature is strong. Your bone structure, structure thick to withstand the burdens of time. The reflection you see in the mirror, the image looking back at you is mine. So now the author has gone to the positives, interestingly enough, about being black. And so as we've looked at the pain and the strain and the challenges, do you see in God's answer, at least from this poet's viewpoint, some positives about being black? Anybody? Hands raised, please. Any hands, Travis? Not yet, and you got about 12 minutes. Okay, gotcha. Let's go then. All right, Kenneth, go ahead. You're up. Trying to get unmuted. We can hear you. Okay, good, good. Okay. All right. Yeah, well, I love this last part because it really brings us to where uh, I feel like I am in, in my life these days really looking for the beauty in things uh, in the midst of things looking bad or being viewed as terrible at the same time the challenges and struggles are, are being faced there's something good happening at the same time so I love the mm. fact that uh, we can identify the beauty not only in, in ourselves but in others and that's how we begin to appreciate and be more open to hearing more about them and where they've been where they want to go mm. then we find out how much we can learn from each other we identify mm. that beauty. I love it. I like that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Anyone else, uh, Travis? Uh, we got two, right, three right now. So Okay. We'll get through those three quickly. We're going to end on time. I'm yeah, absolutely well, sure. So let's go ahead. I'm going to go with the one that has not, a couple that have not yet gone before. Great. So uh, one, the first one is a phone number, 608 Ending in 219, who are you? So I can get you renamed. Hi, this is Peter. Um, hi, Peter. Peter. Hi. Um, I, I feel a little uncomfortable um, responding, but that when I read the second half of this poem, I felt really uncomfortable as as a reader. Um, I, the, certainly the, the uh, language of, of black people are created in God's image is uh, I think a powerful thing to be able to acknowledge as all all people of all colors are created in God's image. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that that's really strong. But I really I was really uncomfortable and and thought about um, comparing uh, the blackness of the person to commodities um, when. When uh, throughout American history, that black people have been treated as a commodity by themselves, mm-hmm. I was I, I felt uncomfortable with that that comparison, and I I as a white person uh, really would appreciate some clarification or or um, uh, expansion on that from from me and from other black people that are on the phone call or on the Zoom okay. call. Okay. Well, first of all, thank you so much, Peter, for bringing that up, because I think what we're doing here is we're seeing um, this whole matter 
of being black from the poet's perspective. And so as we do that, that's why we talk about it and we listen to one another because we all, no matter who we are and where we are, we have our own reality. We have our own life. So how one person feels about it, and I think you heard this in the responses tonight, people had different experiences. One of the things about being treated as a commodity, as you know, people, um, at least Africans, were brought to this country as a commodity, not as a person, but but a thing, as, as property, and if you will, stolen property. Okay, to be used and abused. So you have that kind of commodity. When I told people in my history, when I went back and did my history, my dad's from um, Texas, that my father's family at one time was owned by Native Americans. And people say, wait a minute, you're telling me that they had slaves? I said, yes. I said, but remember, slaves were treated like a, like a commodity. So it was something that you could trade, things like that. And so here again, we're hearing somebody share their struggles. And I guarantee you, there probably are people on this line who have a sense of that as time in their lives, but came from other experiences and so would not have that. But that's, I think, what she's trying to convey, that feeling of just being a thing and not really a person. So thanks for asking that question. I appreciate that. And also, uh, please feel comfortable on this call, okay? Please feel comfortable. And I'm glad that you were recognized and we got a chance to hear your question. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Travis, we should have two more. Am I counting right or just one um, more? One more. One more. And that's okay, Lisa. Let's go. Yes, Lisa. Um, I wanted to speak on the second part of the poem. Um, Thank you. I think that he does make uh, everything beautiful. I think we are beautiful. And I think we need to recognize that. And I'm so glad that I have lived to see an African-American president, a female vice president, African-American, and soon we're going to have our first, uh, um, oh my God, Supreme Court justice. Mm-hmm. And I think that seeing all of that, it, and it, it's sad that it took that long, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Honestly, for us to be recognized, and I think that it has to do, and, and I hate to bring his name up, I mean, not to hate to bring his name up, but to mm-hmm. keep bringing back to George Floyd. And I think that that mm-hmm. is what had a lot to do with a lot of things that are coming to fruition today for mm-hmm. African-American people. And I mm-hmm. think it's beautiful, and I'm glad to be here to see it. I think it's a, a beautiful thing, a s- acceptance that we're Thank all you. the same. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We just mm-hmm. look a little different. That's all. Mm-hmm. Thank all right. you. Thank you. Yeah, our blood runs red. You know, it definitely say. does. Definitely does. I want to thank everybody for being on this call. There is I one d- more hand. Just oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I apologize. Just, just went up. Anthony, go ahead. All right, you give a boy a show on ACP Media and he thinks he can talk whenever he wants. No, I'm kidding. Um, On the second half, and and I really appreciate Peter's question, actually. On this second half of the poem, I I thought back to to Sunday school and... and, um, Every summer when I was with one of my grandparents, one of my grandmothers, it was it was down in Virginia, and we we went to a Southern Baptist church, and Sunday school was fun. That's that's first and foremost. But 
one of you know one of the lessons that really stuck out to me we were talking about god created everything and and so on and so forth and they were talking about you know god made the cockroaches and god made the rats and mm -hmm. it was pointing out that you know everything that's living everything that's on this planet is beautiful and so when i heard all of the the contra not is i don't know if contradictions is the right word but framing it in the second half of the poem in the same way that the first half of the poem was 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 framed but now bringing it back to god made the in image god made all of this every single piece of this and so you know I, to me it felt like all of it's beautiful and you're a part of me the white guy is a part of me the indian girl is a part of me and you know, again, I went back to Sunday school thinking, well, the cockroaches and the rats are a part of him too. My perspective. Mm -hmm. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you for your perspective. That's an interesting one. I just want to make a closing um, comment that when we have a poem like this, it sure is a great opportunity to give each of us something to think about. Um, I thought about that song, Everything is Beautiful in Its Own Way. And so it's okay and that we should appreciate the beauty that is around us. For me, on a personal note, one of the things I like about being blind and being black is that I don't need to wear the chains of judging everybody visually. It's amazing to me when I'm with some of my sighted friends and families, this, the judgments that they'll make about people just based on the way they look. But I, for me, it gives me a freedom to love, a freedom to care, um, a freedom to be shared. And also, I love that I can have friends who are all kinds of people and not just um, ethnically, but who even think all kinds of ways, because as Anthony said, and I like the end of this too, because it reminds us, again, you hear me say it a lot, but I got it from Martin Luther King, that we may sail on different ships, but we are all in the same boat. So I want to thank you tonight for joining this call. Come back. We'll be here not next Monday, but the following Monday. And um, I also want to do two things. Number one, if you want to reach me relative to this call, and I am permitted to give out this particular email because it is not my personal email. So where you would send your comment, your topic, your suggestion, uh, your grievance, anything you need to share, it is the word Harambe, H-A-R-A-M-B-E-E, -E, two E's at the end, and then you would put the letter P as in Pam, S as in Shaw, at gmail.com. And I will get your email and be happy to respond to you. Also, you may want to be a guest one evening and we would love to have you. This is a great call to bring our community together. And I don't know about you, but I am learning something from everyone who's on this line and everyone who shares. So first we want to thank Travis Butler, who has been a wonderful, wonderful host. Thank you, Travis, for what you did this evening to make the call all run smooth. And certainly we want to thank Anthony. Corona Anthony is streaming for us from ACB Media. So we are very, very grateful to be able to do that as well. And we thank ACB for the opportunity to allow us to do these calls and, and the team, um, Cindy Hollis and the team for helping to make it possible. Everybody take care and I'll see you soon. And 
Lord, 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 <laughs> he did make some of us black, and I think it's a good thing, but he made all of us in his image. Take care and have a great evening. Bye-bye.